Good morning, IFC. How's everybody doing this morning? Look, everybody looks all festive today. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look extra festive today. What a great season here at IFC. Hey, if I haven't met you, my name is Josh. This is my wife, Stephanie. We're the lead pastors here. And from our house to your house, we want to just say Merry, Merry Christmas. Would you make some noise for our friends at home today and around the world? We love you. Merry Christmas. Thank you for being a part of today's service. I really believe you're going to be blessed. I've been um, ultra excited about today uh, because I love Christmas. Anybody love Christmas? Are there other seasons that you look forward to in, in the year? One of them for me is Christmas. And honestly, for, for us this season, uh, it's very exciting. We have three little kids if you're new. We have an eight-year-old. My little boy's right here on the front row. Uh, we have a, a little girl who's going to be four in just a couple days. And then we have a two-year-old that's going on 25. And he rules the house right now. And so for us, we have chosen to um, soak it all in, take it all in. And, you know, we believe that there's um, memories to be made in moments. And I want to encourage you right here at the front of the service to make some memories with your family. Make some memories with your friends. Make some memories uh, that, that may just take place in a moment. But here's the thing. Those moments will turn into lifetimes of memories. You know, we, we have the opportunity to, to get excited about the things that our children get excited about. I, I'm, not, I'm not excited about little elves that show up every night and cough havoc in my house. But my kids are, and so we celebrate it every morning. Where are they? What are they doing? Anybody got elves visiting your house? It's okay. We're not religious folk here. But I've been thinking about these making these memories, and for us, again, we're, we're, making, we're making time. We're, we're setting aside time this week and the following week to be quiet, to chill, to hang out. Uh, and I was thinking about, you know, um, my wife is encouraging me to have more fun. Now, I may look young, but I'm 47 with a two-year-old. I'm 46, but I'll be 47 in a few weeks. With a two-year-old, I, I should have had kids earlier in life. I would have had more energy. But I'm graced for the season. And so sometimes for me, you know, things can be like tense. Like we got the Christmas tree out. We have a, we have a, a, a fake tree. How many people have a fake tree? Come on, let me see all the fake tree. It's been in a box all year long in the basement. How many of you say, no, 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 I want a real tree. I want the smell of that in my house. Very few have real trees. At the last minute the other night, we had put up the, we put up the fake tree uh, during Thanksgiving, and we had a Thanksgiving tree. It's my wife's way of extending Christmas for like four months. We start with a Thanksgiving tree. It morphs into a Christmas tree, and I'm sure in the new year, it'll be a New Year's tree. But the other night, she was like, we need a real tree. I said, we have, a, we have a tree. It's in the basement. I've already put it up. It's, we need a real tree. And so I'm at Home Depot looking for trees, and it's freezing cold. And it's one of those nights where you're like, really, tonight's the night? i got to go get the tree. It's raining out. It's cold out. You're going to stay here and eat chili by the fire, and i got to go. And all the men said, I understand. And so I'm having to be remember, reminded, Josh, this is supposed to be fun. We were, we, were, we were putting the ornaments on the tree. And, you know, before we had kids, putting the ornaments on the tree was something we did together, you know. We would 
put on music, you know, I'd put some coffee on, she'd drink hot chocolate, and we would decorate the tree, and it'd be beautiful. Now it's an utter disaster. Because the tubs are flying open, the kids are digging in, there's, there's, there's you know, uh, there's, there's stuff being put on. I'm like, that doesn't go there, it goes here. And Stephanie's reminding me, it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden you hear glass break. And I'm like, what, what in the world is going on? And she's like, it's okay. I'm like, that was the first ornament my mom ever gave us when we got married. She said, it's okay, you're freaking the kids out. Calm down. But we're trying to have fun. We've been hanging Christmas lights. I don't know about New I love New England because everywhere you go, they, they, like all the houses are decorated. And we were the house last year without any lights, and my, my kids were like, what's up with this? We, we, we walk to the neighborhood. We go to the neighborhood. We're the only ones without lights. And so this year we put lights outside, and we've been putting lights inside. Like we put lights in the bathroom, and each of the kids now have lights in their room. They've got these little trees. And we're making memories. I want to encourage you. This is important stuff that your kids will remember. For us, we like to, we like to eat at our house. Can I talk about food for a second? Like Christmas season means, means Christmas cookies. It means, it means like this, the, 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 you know, grandma's recipes get pulled out once a year. And my wife and her family, they have this special recipe for, for sugar cookies. Everybody say hallelujah. And what used to be fun, because when we first got married, we didn't have any kids, and then it was, it was, again, a time for us. We'd hang out in the kitchen. She'd make the dough the night before, and I'd get up early the next morning, have coffee, and eat dough right out of the big bowl. Nobody, none of the other guys sneaking cookie dough. Don't lie. I see you back there, my friend, Mr. Polanski. I, I, I was sneaking the dough, and, and, and it was just this fun thing. We would make the cookies, and the icing would be perfect, and they would all be the right thing. Now... Man, it looks like uh, it looks like Hell's Kitchen happened at our house. Like there's icing on the walls. The kids have icing on their face. There's there's sprinkles all the way from the from first floor all the way to the third floor of our house. I'm like, how is this happening? Like, what's going on? My wife's like, remember, we're doing this for the kids. The other day, the Grinch. We had one of those inflatable Grinches, and the Grinch didn't blow up this year, so I had to explain that the the Grinch went to heaven. His heart was much bigger this year. Why am I telling you all this? I, because I, I think it's important that we, that we remember that, that we have families, we have friends, we, we need to be making memories. We, had, uh, we have a great fireplace. We've been sitting around watching uh, kids' movies at night and fire in the fireplace, and then they go to bed, and my wife's like, do you want to watch another Hallmark movie? And I'm like, do I want you to punch me in the face right now? You know it's out of control when you look at all the shows that have been saved on your, on your DVR, and every one of them's Hallmark. I'm like, what happened to Shark Tank? Where'd Survivor go? Like, oh, well, we had to clear room on the hard drive. We need more room. You know, <laughs> I think it's okay to have fun in church, and I want you to realize that, that Steph and I are real people. I may be, your pastor may have the title of a pastor, but, but we're still making messes at our house. We're still making memories. And, 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 and I'll be honest with you, I'm, I'm celebrating the season. Uh, because we've had a difficult year as a family, as a church, I want you to have the best Christmas ever.
as I share about excitement and fun and joy, I also have to understand that for many people, the feeling of the holidays goes far beyond joy and excitement. Sometimes it turns into stress. Pressure. They bought us a gift. Oh my God, we didn't buy them a gift. The pressures of doing things, being places. And then a lot of times pressures and stress turn into pain and reminders of who's not here this year with us, of lives that have been changed over the last couple of years and then can lead into, if we're not careful, into hopelessness. So as we celebrate and we're excited, I, I'm fully aware that there's people watching and in this house that this isn't an exciting time for you. In fact, you would probably describe it as hopeless. Hopelessness in the dictionary is defined as a feeling that causes despair. But I'll be honest with you, I can relate. I can relate to hopelessness because not all of my Christmas seasons have been filled with joy and excitement. In fact, there were several years of my life that I truly felt hopeless and I felt like hope had slipped through my hands. I was disappointed in those Christmas seasons because I had put my hope in people that I trusted and I thought they loved me only to find out through disappointment that they didn't believe in me anymore. I had found security in those seasons through jobs and tasks only to lose that job right before a Christmas season. In that season, my emotions, man, they were so high and so low. I, I truly felt like Hope was slipping away, and I'm reminded of that this week as I pray for you and your family. And that's what we've been doing. We've been praying that this would be a time that hope is restored to you, that it's infused to you, that it's dumped in your lap, in your ears, and in your heart. I've been praying for you, but I keep hearing the Lord say to me over and over again, He said, Josh, tell them this week to, to look beyond their pain-filled circumstances. Look to the miracle that I offered them through the child who was born in a manger. Remind them that I moved heaven and earth and I, I set the stars in course. I've altered the atoms, changed hearts. I sent angels to give them my best so that hope could be birthed. He said, tell them I did it all to birth hope for them and to birth hope in them. Father, I thank you for this time. Thank you for your people. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your grace. To recognize that hope was born when you sent your son. And that when we receive him, the hope is born in us. Lord, I pray for your Holy Spirit. Give me the boldness to declare what you have for me and for your people today. In Jesus' name, amen. Psalms chapter 146, verse 5 through 9. If you want to take notes or not, maybe you can just watch the screen. I want just a few minutes of your time today, and I'll actually let you out early because we'd love to hang out with you in the cafe afterwards. We have gingerbread treats up there, and, and I'm hungry. <laughs> Psalm 146 says happy. Everybody say happy. Say it a little bit louder. Say happy. happy. Turn to your neighbor and say, you happy? happy? 
Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made the heaven and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. It is the Lord Jesus that sets the prisoners free. It's the Lord that opens the eyes of the blind. It's the Lord who lifts up those who have been bowed down or beat down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widows. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. Today I want to title this message and it will be very short, but it is this, Hope is Born. Hope is Born. I don't know what you think hope is, but I want to tell you this. Hope is not optimism. Hope is not just having a glasses half full mentality. And hope is not some crazy wishful thinking. Hope is also not denial of what's actually taking place. Hope means confident expectation. Hope means that we have a confidence that something greater is going to happen for us. The truth is, is hope has a name. Hope has a name, and the name of hope is Jesus Christ. The Apostle Paul said it very clearly when he said, It's Christ in you that becomes the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27, Paul said to them that God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. I like the Message Bible because it makes it easy to understand. He said this mystery that we've been talking about, this miracle, this gospel, this is this mystery in a nutshell. It's this, Christ is in you. So therefore, you can look forward, everybody say forward, to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. It's that easy. For that is the substance of our message. We preach Christ. Our hope today as believers and for those that are not believers, your hope has to be found in Christ. Your hope can only come through a relationship with Jesus because that's who gives you something to look forward to. And for many of us, we don't have hope for the future because we don't have hope for today. But here's the thing. I believe that Christmas is a celebration that Jesus came so hope could be born and that you and I, through that relationship, we could receive and hope be born in us today, which gives us great anticipation and expectation for what He wants to do in you and even more so through you. See, when it comes to hope, you can't trust your perceptions, can't trust in people, can't trust in jobs, circumstances, Stacks of money. You can't stand and survive on reputation and popularity. Your hope has to come through Jesus, through a person, through this man. I believe today that Jesus was born and reborn through resurrection so you can have hope born in you today and every day. How can hope be born in me? Well, here's what the Bible says. It says, when we receive Christ into our life, we become born again. We were born naturally through our mother's womb uh, in a, in a sin-filled world. But because of Christ, 
Oh, listen, because Jesus came, hope was reborn here on the earth. And when he was resurrected from the dead, it gave us the opportunity to be born again. So what happened on that day that I gave my heart to the Lord? Hope was revived. Hope was restored. Hope was delivered. Hope was manifest. And today, maybe you're here, you don't have hope. It may be because maybe Jesus isn't in you. But before you leave, I want to give you this great gift. It comes only through the name of Jesus. The truth that I have discovered over the years of pastoring and helping people is that hope is better than help. Hope is so much better than help because help relieves me, but hope revives me. If I had a choice, I would rather have hope than help because here's what hope did for me. It led me from depression to joy. Hope brought me from discouragement to revived passion for life. Hope has redirected me from living a life of fear to divine focus. Hope has a greater impact than help all day, every day. And if you have the choice to give help or hope this Christmas season, my prayer is that you would give hope. During the COVID season, many people were facing challenges that they've never faced before. Lockdowns and fear and anxiety. It's causing pressure on many homes, marriages, and finances. And as a church body, we, we were getting more calls and people asking for counseling. And they were asking for help at a greater level than we've seen in, in many years. And it should be expected that this is a place where people can come and get help. And I'll just say that to you as your pastor. This is a place for help, but I want you to know this. More than help, I want to give you hope. And I was talking with some of our team and our staff because what was happening is we were having lots of conversations with people and they needed to, to, to un, uh, unburden themselves with what was going on. They felt, I just need to talk to somebody. And in our youth ministry at that time, we were, we were dealing with a lot of students that were dealing with anxiety and, and pressure and fear that they had never felt. And so the, the leaders were beginning to have conversations with the student. And we talked a lot about, you know, having safe conversations in safe places. But what was missing was Jesus. And I pulled them together and I said, I'm all about safe places for safe conversations. We need that, but that's just help. We need to give the students hope. And so I challenged them and I challenged the staff right here on a Tuesday morning. I said, Dad, come if we're going to meet with people, I want to give them a safe place and I want to have a safe conversation, but I don't want to leave them without Jesus or we just gave them a little bit of help. They were just relieved for a moment, but they need to be revived for eternity. Now, before you judge me and say he doesn't believe in, in that, you know, self-help and all that stuff, I believe in all that, but I don't believe in it more than I do the power of God. He doesn't believe in counseling. I totally believe in counseling. I have two counselors for me personally. And I have overseers specifically to make sure that I don't go crazy. I believe in all that, but all that amounts to just a little bit of help and a little bit of relief. And I just want to encourage you, as the Holy Spirit has been impressing me for the last two years, don't just give them help, give them hope. 
If we're going to have a conversation about what's going on, then we have to insert Jesus in there in that resurrection power that now belongs to us, that not only relieves us, it revives us. The season. Don't get caught up in just having conversations. Bring Jesus into the conversation. Be a great listening ear for those that need it. Be a shoulder to cry on. But man, when you're done listening and they're done crying, tell them about the hope that can only come from the Messiah that was sent to be birthed for this season for us. Many times where I was asking God to relieve me of something, he was wanting to revive me into something. In the last couple of years, we've been hearing about how dark the world has become. All you got to do is get a social media account and you can be instantly depressed. <laughs> if you're looking to go to depression, just turn on the news for an hour. Because everybody and everyone is talking about how bad it is. Remember the good old days? Now this has happened and this has happened. They're doing this and they're doing that. And it's doom and gloom all around us. And we talk about it as if it's, if it's hopeless. The truth is, is it is darker out there than it's ever been. Sin is more rampant and contagious than it's ever been. Because it's more accessible. It's really because Jesus is coming back soon and the enemy's working overtime to distract and detour whoever he can. But many would say that sin has affected our world and it's hopeless out there. I want to tell you this. The blood of Jesus is more powerful than sin. Many people would say that sin has affected our world, but I want to tell you this, so can hope. So can hope. I believe that hope is more powerful than sin because Jesus overcame sin. We have some friends, they were here many years ago, the, the Howe family, Michael and Sherry Howe, been good friends of mine for, for probably 12 years, 15 years now. And they were here doing a worship set with their kids, they're a family band. And I went to their table out there, they were selling merch, and they, they had these shirts and it said, Hope Dealer. And I was like, oh, I like that. We're all concerned about dope dealers. But I think Christ is asking, where's my hope dealers? Where's those Christians that have found hope in me and they're willing to be distributors of it? Who's those undercover Christians that need to come out of the closet and say, I'm no longer hiding. I'm on a mission to spread some hope this year to a hurting, dark, sinful world. You know, the ultimate reason that Christ came was to deliver hope to you and me that had been gone for thousands of years. Matthew chapter 12, in verse 20, I'll wrap with this. It said, Jesus did not come to crush the weak or quench the smallest hope. He will end all conflict with his final victory. And his name shall be the hope of all the world. Jesus didn't come to beat you up. And he didn't come to extinguish the little bitter sliver of hope that you have. This verse tells us that he came to
to defeat death and hell and the grave and to defeat sin once and for all. And his name shall be the hope of the world. Is there hope for our world? Yes, there is. His name is Jesus. Is there hope for your marriage? Yes, it's found in Jesus. Is there hope for your finances? Yes, it comes through an understanding and relationship of Jesus Christ. Is there hope for your addicted son or daughter? Oh my God, there's so much hope. It comes through Jesus. Is there hope for our lost friends and our lost family members? His name is Jesus. It's the hope of the world. My prayer is that for this Christmas season that you would latch on to hope with everything that you have. And that this season, you and I as believers would be committed to be givers of hope. Give them a present, great, but give them Jesus after they open it. Today, I want to ask you to allow hope to revive you. Would you stand with me? I'm so impressed with this song, or touched, moved, however you want to say it. Because so many people see Jesus in this season as a baby. I want to remind you, as I did last week, he ain't no baby, he's a king. He ain't wearing no diaper, he's wearing a crown. Nobody's taking care of him. He's watching out for you. The Bible says he's actually seated right now, resting, because he's already accomplished everything he's going to do. And now through his death, burial, and resurrection, I want you to know this. He doesn't want to just relieve you of the tension of the season. His prayer is to revive you and to put hope in you. As we sing this song one more time, I'm going to ask you, do you know him? Not know about him. Not acquainted with him. Is he your king? Is he your ever-living hope? Would you sing with us today? darkness we were waiting without hope and without light till from heaven you came running there was mercy in your eyes to fulfill the law and prophets to a virgin came the word from a throne of endless glory to a cradle in the dirt Let's sing together. Praise the Father. Praise the Son. Praise the Spirit. Three in one. God of glory. Majesty. Praise forever to the King of kings. To reveal the kingdom coming and to reconcile the lost. To redeem the whole creation, you did not despise the cross. For even in your suffering, you saw to the other side. 
no weakness was our salvation. Jesus, for our sake, you died. and I want to pray for you. Matthew chapter 1, verse 22, it said, All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet, which said, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. Psalms 145, 18 says, The Lord is near to all who call on him, and to all who call on him, in truth. Your heads bowed and your eyes closed. There's no greater gift that I could give you today. I'd love to buy each one of you a gift. I think that would be amazing to be able to give everybody a gift at church. And the truth is, is it wouldn't be any greater than the cost of God's Son. 
He is the hope of the world. He's the hope for your life. He's the hope for your family. He's the hope for your future. He is Emmanuel, God with us. In this time, this season, God's presence isn't just around us. We have the ability now through the resurrected Christ to have Him in us. That supernatural power working in and through us every day. And He said right here, if you just call on Him, come near to you. All across this auditorium and online, if, if you're here and you say, Pastor, I need, I need that hope. I need a relationship with Jesus. Would you pray with me? I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand and wave it at me. Wherever you are, I'll pray with you. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. All across this room, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus today. I need hope restored. It's been stripped away. It slipped away. I see you back here. Yes. All the way in the back. Yes, I see you. Yes, ma'am, over here. I got you right over here. Yes. So many hands. Yes, yes, yes. Brave people all the way around saying, yes, right here. I see you in the back. I see you. Yes, sir. Pastor, pray for me. I want, I want this season to be hope-filled, not hopeless. Come right over here. Yes, I see you. Maybe you're online. Let them know right there in the chat box. Just say, would somebody pray with me? We have a team of people that are ready to pray with you. I see you, buddy, right there. Yes, sir. Anybody else? Yes, sir. I see you. See, I want, I want prayer. Pray for me. Got you, buddy. Yes, sir. Anybody else want to join these brave few and have the best Christmas you've ever had? Yes, I see you. Yes, ma'am. Oh, this is so exciting. I see you right here. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Got you. I have no rush. This is why I came today. Yes, ma'am. I see you right here. Got you. Yes, ma'am. Right here. see you, buddy. Anybody else? You say, Pastor, include me. How would you know if it's me? Your heart's beating out of your chest right now. It's the Lord saying, that's you I'm talking about. Yes, sir, all the way in the back. I see you. Oh, man, what a great day. Would you look at me? We're a family church. If you're new here, we say, welcome home. So let's pray together. As a family, if you've prayed this prayer before, man, let's join with all those that are making a decision to let hope be in them today. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, come on now, say it right out of your belly. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the hope that I'm going to find in Him. I believe that you sent Him and that He died on purpose to pay for my sins. And then he was resurrected by the power of the Spirit so that I could have hope today. Today, in front of my friends, in front of my family, I declare Jesus the Lord of my life and the hope of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, give a big shout for all those that prayed that prayer today.